3: Today on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, the controversial issue of wolf reintroduction and the impact it's having on big game species takes center stage as our panel of experts weigh in with their thoughts. And it's brought to you by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Jim and Trav. It's getting hot here. (laughs)
4: It is hot
1: here.
0: So hot.
1: Jim's taking off all his clothes. I am. You know, I look like I have mohair pajamas. Someone once said that when Jim takes off his shirt... It looks like he's wearing mohair pajamas. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Around the office, we call was, him the beast.
5: <laughs> I was watching Dirty Jobs, and there's a grooming tool that we can get and actually...
1: <laughs> the fermi- we, can actually we should use the Furminator on Jimmy. And then sell
5: your precious hair and have a rug made or something for your office.
1: I like how she said precious hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are talking about wolves. Jim has an inner wolf and an outer wolf. We're talking about wolves on today's show. And you know, emotions run strong on both sides uh, when it comes to wolves. And this is not a simple case of following. Following the science and while wolves are a natural part of our ecosystem, you know, you know, that should not make the concerns of ranchers and hunters and wildlife enthusiasts um, unimportant. And, and let's face it, guys, wolf reintroduction. While I am for it, I think it's it's a positive thing. It has been tremendously successful. Yeah, absolutely. But the management of them has failed completely. Well, you yeah. can
5: tell populations are on the increase in, in a 10 year period in Montana. Um, the number of wolves has gone from 292 to 625. In Holy Ida- cow. In Idaho, they've gone from 263 to 683, over 400 in Idaho in 10 years. From, that is amazing. In Wyoming, not not counting Yellowstone and Wyoming, but 69 um, in 2002, and then 277 in 2012. Altogether, in those three states, that's more than 1,000 wolves. So you can tell that the reintroduction is going just fine and that they're breeding and that they're um, producing more and they're not um, on the decline as... Um, the wolf criers out well, there that want to save them yeah, would like I, I, us to I have, believe.
4: I have to say something here. Yeah, that voice you're listening to is Miss Bunny. She's joining Woo-hoo! us today. What's you going know, on? No, when they
1: do when they do those studies though, they're mainly counting wolves. Can read uh-huh. a lot better than you. <laughs> they're they're counting the adults and not necessarily the pups. You know, the only thing that has changed in North America is the proliferation of wolves in the outdoors. Yeah, Th- there has. They
4: been- made a mistake when they said. Hey, we had reintroduced wolves. There, there has
1: been no other predator that has been introduced uh, to our forests and prairies besides the wolves. And, and case in point, let's take a look at Idaho and parts of Montana in the mountain lion hunting. Now, I've never been mountain lion hunting. Jim has harvested several legally, and uh, let's not talk about the other way. <laughs> <laughs> But what happens, you know, mountain lion hunting takes place between January 1st and runs through March. Well, that that's is the breeding. season. That's the prime breeding season for wolves. And what happens then when, when you have a mountain lion tree with your dogs? they they're start. Baying. They start baying. Well, that is a call to the wolves for one dinner bell, but also to protect the females. So the wolves are going in and they're killing the hunter's dogs. Now, what is the consequence of that, Bunny?
5: Well, uh, cougars are on the rise. I mean, mountain lions are on the rise. And um, the way that um, a study puts it, um, Bitterroot Valley, commissioned by the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, says that in this study area, mountain lions, not the wolves, are exerting the greatest pressure on dwindling elk herds. So that being said, if the lion numbers continue to increase while lion hunters drop out to, um, in the name well, of the safety of their dogs, um, there's not an effective management tool in place to keep um, both um wolves and cougars at bay. So
1: to curtail that, wolves are killing the dogs, thus causing hunters to stop pursuing the mountain lions, so the mountain lion numbers are on the rise, wolf numbers are on the rise, but elk predation is
4: increasing as well. But here's another thing. The uh, mountain lions, the females, they have to teach their young ones how to kill, and so they may kill one for lunch, okay? But then they're going to kill two or three more just to teach the young ones how. But wolves do the same thing. Not as much as a mountain lion. Really? For some reason. I don't know why, but uh, usually two or three deer per week. Holy cow. That that a mountain lion female will kill. Now, forget the males. Just the females to teach the little ones how to do it. Okay? So you you take and multiply that out by the the population of, of mountain lions, and you've got a pretty good idea of how your herd is being decimated by the fact that you're not harvesting the mountain lions in the first place. That's
5: right. More wolves, more lions. That means more pressure on the prey populations. And that means, you know, obviously um, more vulnerability for um, big game like deer and elk and everything else. You know, that's the prey that are declining as the predators on the rise. It's kind of a nature's balance. My butt, you know, I mean, it's not working.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just can't fathom as to why we put wolves up on this pedestal. You know, uh, Bunny, you said what was so great what you said about. We're we mean, giving
5: we're giving wolves amnesty. We are giving wolves amnesty. Like <laughs> you said, green every woman
1: above 50 in a bar has a tattoo of a wolf <laughs> on her leg or her back. On her back, yeah. It the, gives they you have some like spiritual some sort of, power. Yeah, like
5: some like, mystical power. I mean, like they've they become the new unicorn, I guess.
1: <laughs> Which <laughs> you know? I do have, too. That eats meat. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, though. You not mind the unicorns, but you say grass. <laughs> yeah. We are ostracizing so many other species of animals to their detriment to save the wolves. Now, we want balance. We want to have everything out there, but there has to be some management. I I think the wolf reintroduction, once again, is a wonderful thing. I, I think it has been so good for certain elements, which we'll get into that later in the show when it comes to our ecosystem, but it is causing so many problems as well, and that's because a lot of these I don't want to call wildlife organizations out there, well, but I these just, loons like um, defenders of wildlife, uh, they're causing a big problem.
5: Well, I think it should be left up to the states. The states are the people of the state are the old ones that ultimately have to deal with the population that's at hand. And it shouldn't be some organization in California lobbying for wolves that have no idea what the people of Montana or Minnesota or Wyoming or Idaho are going through and living with them at their front doorsteps. These people, I mean... They've probably never even seen a real-life wolf. They probably just have one tattooed on their back, you know? I or mean, butt. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I no, think no, it should be really left up to the states. Now, now,
4: here's the thing. Sportsmen, outdoorsmen, and women, for years, have been managing game quite well. No. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Now introduce these people that don't want you to hunt. Okay? Now you're get, you've got a problem with mountain lions. You've got a problem with wolves. You're going to have a problem with bear in a lot of different places yeah. because of that. Yeah. And so... Then can we go into the backcountry anymore without having a problem with bear? And I know there's a lot of people that have died just this year. Yeah, there's from been that.
5: tremendous amount of attacks. And and
4: look at the things that are happening in California. Hey, there's la la land out there uh, where they have taken away all of the hunting and uh, just remember last year. The, the guy that was in charge of the game and fish in California went to Idaho, legally killed a mountain lion, right, and went back, got fired.
5: Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, hunters are the primary management tool for all species, you know, and it's being greatly discouraged in many cases, you know. Yeah.
4: The great equalizer, though, for all of this, 30 of 6. 30
5: <laughs> of 6. You know,
4: a lot of these groups, it, it's just for
1: show. It seems like they're being ostentatious. Yeah, there you, you go. know, there, there is actually no meat, no substance To their facts and what they're supporting And what they're doing Unlike the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation Now coming up next after the break We're going to have the president and CEO Of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation David Allen on, such a great guy But you know, there's an organization That is actually doing, doing good yeah. And not just for elk I know they say the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation But they do habitat projects That actually benefit all wildlife They, they, do. they don't take away from one species or another They are for this harmonious balance uh, in the outdoors. We actually got to get to an ad break, though. Thank God. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Once again, coming up after the break, we're going to have the president and CEO of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, David Allen, on. But well, We want to say a special thanks real quick to Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com. You can hit a wolf with a Ram truck. Sure. Also, Ruger <laughs> at Ruger.com, High Mountain Seasonings, H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com, and a Zeiss at Zeiss.com forward slash sports. How about Cabela's? world's foremost outfitter at cabellas.com and one last one outdoor channel make sure you hop on check us out bunch of podcasts forward slash revolution i highly recommend that uh here's a quick word for mark once again i want to say though bunny is joining us in the studio she's She'll be in back the house later Hey-o. in the show we appreciate you so much you betcha all right here's a quick word from mark and uh, david allen the president and ceo of Rocky Mountain foundation is coming up next stick around
3: Trucks on wolves. Weighing all the facts, wolf reintroduction involves the artificial re establishment of a population of wolves in areas where they have been extirpated. Wolf reintroduction is only considered where large tracts of suitable wilderness still exist and where certain prey species are abundant enough to support a predetermined wolf population. Now we've got to get to a break, but before we do, we'd like to wish a big happy birthday to Traff's youngest daughter, Olivia, aka Doodle. So, happy Happy birthday, Doodle, and congrats on turning the big three. The boys will be back after this word from our sponsors.
0: For 20 years, Outdoor Channel brings you television you don't just watch, but brings you closer with information you can use. With expert talent you can't find anywhere else Jim Shockey, Ted Nugent, Lee and Tiffany, Michael Waddell, and more. And now we've got more of what you love with new original series that go outside to get to the heart of what is inside. Outdoor Channel. True to the core. Get it today. Call 855-44-OUTDOOR. Bring on the weather. The workday. The three-ton haul. The off-off road. Turn the rain into hail. The dawn into a second night. Bring it all on and more because you'll never know your limits until you go looking for them. The new 2013 Ram 1500, designed to overcome every obstacle in its path with best-in-class fuel economy and a five-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty, engineered to move heaven and earth. Guts. Glory. Ram,
3: Standard pickup class EPA estimated 17 city 20 combined 25 highway MPG based on Ram V6 4x2. Actual results may vary. Excludes hybrid models. See dealer for copy of the
0: powertrain limited warranty. Ram is a registered trademark of Chrysler Group, LLC. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav.
4: The hippie
3: widow. Here are the boys.
4: You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. The bull lines are open at 785-846-7647. And if you're just joining us... You just missed old Miss Bunny. We talked about a lot of things about uh, wolves and wolves and wolves and some more wolves. Yeah,
1: Mrs. Bunny. um, Coming up after the break, though, uh, we're going to hear from Mark Johnson. He is with the Minnesota Deer Hunters Association. He is the executive director. Also, Ron Osheim, and he is with the Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. But right now, we're being joined by the president and CEO of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Mr. David Allen, how's it going, buddy?
6: Hey, guys. Great. How are you doing? We're doing pretty good. Well, we're up
1: to our neck in wolves
4: here.
6: (laughs) Oh, all right. Now,
1: now, (laughs) this is kind of funny. Set us straight. I want to make sure we got this right, but... The goal of the gray wolf recovery program in the northern Rocky Mountain region in Idaho, Montana and Wyoming uh, was to establish a minimum uh, sustainable population based on science and biology. And upon reaching a certain population criteria within the uh, northern Rocky Mountain region, and that's 100 wolves and 10 breeding pairs in each of the three states, the recovery plan would then return wolf management over to the states. Now, this is how Jim and I thought it was. Has this actually taken place yet?
6: Uh, yeah, about five fold. Uh, <laughs> oh, so they've actually
1: reached their intended
6: goal then? Oh, uh, they reached their intended goal in 2000, 2001. <laughs> and then back in there. Yes, sir.
1: And so now something needs to be done about this in a management process.
6: Correct. The state, you know, that's what all the litigation and posturing and bickering the last couple of years has been. The state must be allowed to yeah. manage their wolf populations within the respective states as uh, their game agency, see
4: fit. Yeah. Now, now they, they reintroduce this gray wolf. Okay. And yes. because they said that this was their natural hunting ground, I mean, it's indigenous to the lower 48. All you right. Give them that. But the thing yes. is, don't, yeah. don't yeah. animals go in cycles with possibly 500 years from now, there may be no elk. I mean, I don't want to say that to you, but uh, it's possible. That could be a life cycle of that different, that particular species. Now, if they found a dinosaur egg, do you think that they would reintroduce that?
6: Beyond that, the gray wolf as a whole in the world population has never been extinct or never been even close to threatened in terms of uh, status. When you consider that, Canada and Alaska easily hold thirty to 50,000 gray wolves alone.
4: Wow. Holy cow.
6: So, there's no shortage of population, et cetera. Of course, the debate down here with the uh, wolf advocates has been that they're not in their once native range. Well, yes, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but if that's our criteria for reintroduction and listing animals on the uh, endangered list, then elk have to be listed as well because there's no elk in Iowa or Indiana or you know, there were elk, you know, one time in 46 to 47 of the lower 48 states.
4: Wow. Holy and cow. clearly
6: not there today. So, and there's uh, a million and a half head of elk in the U.S. today. So, you know, let's be real about our argument.
1: You know, I don't know back in the day what was the true cause of the depredation of wolves and what made the numbers drop. But, I mean, this is a man-made problem now that we are having in Yellowstone and other regions of the country that our elk herds are being depleted. I mean, this is something we are doing. Um, We we have stats and statistics backing this up. Why aren't these so-called wildlife organizations out there standing up for all the other animals as well?
6: Well, you hit on a great point, and it's one that I firmly believe uh, illustrates that reintroduction and recovery of the gray wolf population is not what their true agenda is. I think it goes far beyond that. Uh, there are a number of people who are anti-hunting, they're anti-ranching, they're anti-grazing on public yeah. land. A number of the groups that have participated in the, the federal lawsuit to keep the gray wolf on the endangered list have those as part of their missions and as part of their agendas for their organization. And so that's where the disingenuine behavior comes from.
1: Yeah. And, that you know, the last thing you guys want, you don't want to eradicate the wolves. You don't want to eradicate the mule deer, the whitetail, the elk, the not beaver. You want not to manage these. never
6: advocated that. No. Not only that, but... Uh, One of the arguments that the wolf advocates are making today is that by now uh, allowing hunting seasons, we're absolutely going to decimate the wolf population again. (laughs) It's not true. Not only that, but there's never been a big game species in the United States that has been eliminated through regulated hunting in this country, ever.
1: Yeah, Look at the coyote. (laughs) <laughs> Holy cow. The more we yeah. shoot, the more prolific they are. And that, I mean, that's the truth. That's the way it seems. Now, real quick, yeah. before we go on with this, Mr. David, to find you guys online and the tremendous work you're doing, where do we have to go to do that?
6: RMEF.org.
4: Hey, that's easy enough. And the thing is, yep. right? Rock, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, you have reintroduced elk literally all over the country. I know you've got some in Wisconsin. You've got some in what Virginia, Kentucky area, got some in Arkansas. Uh, some of the other places that you've reintroduced elk at.
6: Uh, Virginia, we have a third release coming up in Virginia next spring. Missouri last year. Uh, there's some in Tennessee. Kentucky is now the number nine elk state in the United States.
0: Really? Holy now. cow. Yeah.
6: yeah, there's over 15,000 elk now in the state of Kentucky. It's absolutely one of the most incredible uh, reintroduction stories and win-wins for conservation anywhere because they were all reintroduced on recovered and reclaimed coal mine property. Oh, that's amazing! Now to oh, put, oh, it's un- unbelievable.
4: They were all equipped with a hat and a little light. And the book "Coal Miners' Daughters"
1: something like that. <laughs> now to put this in perspective for people listening right now, when, when you're talking about an eighty percent decrease, what was that? There was almost twenty thousand. Was it twenty nineteen thousand?
6: It, uh, it was yeah. It was it was nineteen thousand plus. Yeah, and last winners count. Yeah, uh, was below four thousand. Holy, Holy cow. cow! That is just now, devastating. Again, that herd needed to be reduced some. There's no question. It probably needed to be reduced down to about uh, ten to twelve thousand elk. That w- that would have been a very healthy 13,000, whatever. That that probably would have been uh, a positive thing, but it just cascaded, and obviously it's gone way beyond that, and um, You know, it's a mess right now.
2: You bet.
4: Hey, we've been talking with David Allen. He's the president and uh, chief executive officer of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, and they're doing a lot of great things all over the country. You need to be a part of this organization. One more time, Mr. David, where do we have to go to online to find
1: out more about you guys and the tremendous work you guys do? From um, All right, well, hey, stick around, because coming up next, we got Mark Johnson. He is with the Minnesota Deer Hunters Association. He is the executive director. Once again, we are talking about wolves on today's show. We just heard from, uh, once again, the president and CEO of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. David Allen, we would like to say a special thanks, though, to Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings. That is H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com and Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution. Mr. David, as always, buddy, thank you so much, Fred.
6: Hey, thank you, guys. I appreciate it.
3: Ram trucks on wolves. Let's go south of the border. The five last known wild Mexican gray wolves were captured in 1980 in accordance with an agreement between the United States and Mexico intended to save the critically endangered subspecies. Between 1982 and 1998, a comprehensive captive breeding program brought Mexican wolves back from the brink of extinction, and over 300 captive Mexican wolves were part of the recovery program. If you've never hit us up on Twitter, shame on you but you can redeem yourself by going to twitter.com forward slash underscore otn apology accepted
0: Outdoor Channel, the leader in outdoor television for 20 years, has talent you can't see anywhere else. Follow experts like Jim Shockey, Ted Nugent, Michael Waddell, Lee and Tiffany, and more as they take you inside the lifestyle, around the world, and into the tree stands. We're celebrating 20 years of raw television, rugged adventure, and heritage. And it's only on Outdoor Channel, true to the core. Get it today. Call 855-44-OUTDOOR.
6: The Ruger LC380 is the perfect pairing of the award-winning LC9 pistol and the popular 380 auto cartridge. The LC380 is the same size as the LC9, yet offers reduced recoil, making it Ruger's lightest recoiling personal protection pistol yet. It features a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, seven-round magazine and finger grip extension floor plate, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The Ruger LC380. Another rugged, reliable firearm from Ruger. Try high-mountain
3: seasoning rubs for meats of all kinds and enjoy mouth-watering meals perfect for camping and home. Visit a store or go to www.himtandjerky.com today.
0: Three, two, one, let's go.
3: You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav.
4: We're back in the air with Jim and Traff. The phone lines are open at 785-846-7647. Traff, this wolf business is a pain in the butt. That's a big pain in the
1: Tush. but you know who's not? Uh, that's David Allen, the president and CEO of Rocky Mountain Out Foundation. We heard from him uh, just before the break. But, you know, ever since Minnesota, Jim, uh, smartened up and ostracized Chance Or sending him back to wisconsin that was the best thing that they could have done Uh, minnesota has the largest wolf population in the lower 48 states and it remains healthy and well above the 1600 minimum goal established in the state's wolf management plan Uh, they're actually way above that anyways right now we're being joined by mark johnson and he is the minnesota deer hunter association executive director Uh, mark how's it going buddy Hi, right, it's going great, gentlemen. Nice to hear you. It's good to hear from you too, man. Um, but you know, I find it really strange. All right, so what we had roughly, we had what a twenty-four percent decline from two thousand and eight to um, two thousand and twelve in your wolf population there in Minnesota. But why did we cut back almost what is it about forty-four, forty-five percent? Forty-five percent in the, percent. Yeah, in the exactly. tags we were they were handing out. Why did they take such a strong stance on this?
2: I have no idea, and I haven't gotten any answers yet either. Really? Um we've been, we, I've got a letter going into the Commissioner of Natural Resources, um, uh, you know, we've had a really good relationship with the DNR and, and had really good communication back and forth, but there was, this just caught us totally blindsided. Why they would, you know, the, the wolf population was back 24%, okay, in the survey, and it yeah. was not an actual, It's an estimate. It's not an actual count of wolves. It's an estimate. I'm guessing. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, okay, we're we're too scared. They've got all the data in here in Minnesota. The wolves have an average of six pups per pack every year. Holy Holy cow, cow, really? So they have no problem doubling their population in the spring. In fact, about a month after they do the estimate of the population, that's when they whelp, when they have the pups. So, the population doubles, and by fall, you've got easily 4,000 on the landscape.
4: Now, now, bring us up to speed on Minnesota and wolves. When was it introduced, and what have you seen as far as uh, declines in uh, deer population?
2: Okay, we've had wolves forever in Minnesota.
4: Uh-huh.
2: Even back in the 50s and 60s, when they weren't anywhere else in the lower 48, we had five to 700 animals estimated by the feds here. So wow. In wow. Seven, yeah, in, in, um, in 65, they ended the bounties in Minnesota. That before that, we had bounties Mm -hmm. um, on wolves. And then from 65 to 74, there was an open season on wolves. And then they also did um, predator control because they wanted to get rid of the wolves that were killing livestock. Yeah. During that time, they were taking about 250 wolves a year for depredation of livestock, but they were still estimating five to 700 on the landscape again every winter. Wow. So so we've had a really robust, you know, good solid population of wolves. Nowadays, you know, that's gone up. So we're looking at somewhere between two and three thousand wolves on our, on our landscape.
1: Now, before we go on with this, Mark, to find out more about you guys, the Minnesota Deer Hunters Association, uh, where do we have to head to online to do that?
2: Go to uh, www.mndeerhunters.com. Yeah. You know, I, I
1: can't stand, like, the Defenders of Wildlife, PETA. Their, their thoughts and actions are
4: vacuous. They don't know what they're doing. Well, you know, the thing is, with with a number of deer hunters that you have out there, uh, you would think that uh, that voice would be heard much louder. But it seems like uh, the, the people, the Defenders of Wildlife and PETA and so forth, somehow, that very, very small voice, it's a squeak. And he gets the most grease, and I just don't understand it.
2: They have a they have a very uh, great ability to rally their troops. Yeah, they do. Um, to send in emails. And our legislators, the vast majority of the contacts they, that our legislators get and that our DNR gets on wolf huggers, if you want to call them, or, you know, anti-hunting advocates, is from non-residents of Minnesota.
0: Hmm, really?
2: So they're getting people from Washington and Texas and Alabama, any place they want, to call in. Or to send emails in. And that's where their powers are. You know, we are, MDHA is just a a Minnesota hunting organization. We're here, we spend our money here, we're in Minnesota for Minnesota. The Center for Biological Diversity, Humane Society, PETA, and others, if you look at what they do with their dollars, they put it all into attorneys. Oh, yeah. They put it into lawsuits so they can stop the right of others to hunt and enjoy our renewable natural
1: resources. You know, every single year the Pittman Robertson Act uh, generates 7.2 billion dollars, 7.2 billion. Hunters also contribute like 1.6 billion annually to conservation organizations. Between the, then you get into all the other little ins and outs of hunting and fishing and and recreating in the outdoors. The money you spend annually 38.3 billion dollars yeah. is what outdoorsmen and women contribute to the outdoors. Yes, that is phenomenal. a big chunk of change.
2: It's phenomenal. And these uh, these other organizations that we're talking about, these anti-hunting organizations, they're not in this for wildlife management. They are yeah. only in it to stop hunting yeah. because they feel that every animal is, you know, as important as a kid or whatever. Well, let's look at the facts, folks. Hunters love animals, and that's why we put our dollars in to make sure they're going to be here in the future for everybody to enjoy. No, that's so, the truth, so, I'd, I'd encourage those groups to get on that bandwagon and start raising money, putting it into habitat, and putting it into teaching kids how to hunt, so that everybody enjoys these sports in the future. And the animals are here for us to enjoy.
4: Okay. And what does it cost to become a member of the Minnesota Deer Hunt Association? It's twenty-five bucks. That's it.
2: Twenty-five bucks a, a week, a, a month, and, and you guys. <laughs> twenty-five bucks a year, and you get our magazine. You get uh, uh we send out bullet blasts with legislative updates and news updates and out some merchandise, all kinds of things. So uh, it's the best deal in town. You bet.
4: Hey, we've been talking with Mark Johnson. He's the executive director of the Minnesota Deer Hunters Association. And, boy, I'll tell you what, you need to become a member. All you people listening up there in Bemidji, Minnesota, and call your brother, call your uncle, call your cousin. Tell them to become a member of this because they're doing good work.
1: Yeah, and they're for all wildlife, man. They're for deer, they're for elk, they're for wolves, they're for rattlesnakes. They just want <laughs> everything uh, to be managed properly. And I, I think that is the true heart of all outdoorsmen. Women. Well, hey, we're the revolution. We are proudly brought to you by Ram Trucks at ramtrucks.com and ruger at ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings. That is H I, empty and jerky.com uh, and outdoor channel at OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution. One more time, Mr. Mark, where can we find you online, buddy?
2: MM Alrighty.
1: All righty. Well, hey, we got to get to break. Mrs. Buddy, stick around. She's coming up next. We are talking about wolves on today's revolution. We'll see you after this.
3: Ram Trucks on Wolves. It just wasn't meant to be. North Carolina and Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Red Wolves were once native to the southeast, but the last wolf seen in the vicinity of the park was in 1905. The wolves were reintroduced to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in the early 90s, but the program was canceled in 1998 due to the death of wolf pups from malnutrition and disease and the wolves roaming beyond the boundaries of the park. Well, we've got to get to a break, but while we're gone, you should check Check us out at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. Thanks.
0: Lee and Tiffany, Michael Waddell, Jim Shockey. The biggest names come together on hunting's biggest night. Are you kidding me? Wild Game Innovations, Sunday night on the hunt. Whitetails. Ooh, Turkeys, look at him, oh, look and a big game chase from the farthest reaches of the globe. Wild Game Innovation Sunday Night on the Hunt. Brought to you in part five Wild Games Digital Trail Cameras. Sunday starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only an on outdoor channel. True to the core. When I'm backpacking in the mountains, I like to travel light. That's why I carry Camp Chef's Ready-Made Gourmet Outdoor Meals. These freeze-dried meals cook right in the pouch. Just add water. With menu choices like cheesy lasagna, teriyaki chicken with rice, and more, these meals taste great. And with a shelf life of seven years, they're also perfect as an emergency food supply at home. Look for Camp Chef's Ready-Made Gourmet Meals at a sporting goods store near you or at campchef.com camp chef the way to cook outdoors all right folks couple quick announcements listen up you are listening to the revolution with jim and trav hello hello is anybody there here are the boys <laughs>
1: Right, we are back talking about wolves on today's show. Uh, being joined by Mrs. Bunny. hey uh, In the beginning of the show, we heard from uh, Mrs. Bunny. We are talking about uh, lion hunting. And those people that have tattoos. And people that have tattoos. Exactly. Uh, then <laughs> we heard from the president and CEO of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, David Allen. Once again, Mark Johnson, uh, Minnesota Deer Hunters Association Executive Director. Uh, coming up after the break, though, we're going to hear from Ron Assayim.
4: Uh, Montana Fish, Wildlife and Parks. You know, you you talked about in in the in that, that segment with uh, Miss Bunny a while ago about the uh, tattoos on the ladies in the bars that have wolves. I saw one the other day at the Beehive in town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked like a Buick. Now <laughs> stop <laughs> stretches. it! i just being mean. <laughs> All right, so there
1: has been some studies, and it is proven. That um, large herds of elk, they are damaging some aspen and willows. And they're also foraging on berries and stuff like this, which is a detriment to bears. Now that they have found that they have reintroduced wolves, uh, the wolves are killing the crap out of the elk. (laughs) They're not uh, damaging so much stuff anymore. And I guess that's good to a point. What did we
4: do before the wolf? I mean, let's talk about it. Is this Jellystone Park that we're worried about the bear eating the berries now? I guess so. They gotta have a good, healthy diet. This
5: recent study says (laughs) that the yeah this this recent (laughs) they're doing metamucil. (laughs) uh, Scat. Okay, Uh, a recent study suggests the return of wolves to Yellowstone National Park is the beginning to bringing back a key part of the grizzly bear's diet, which is berries. Yeah. For the past century, they say one hundred years, berries have been almost absent from the diet of grizzly bears in Yellowstone. And despite the fact that a variety of species grow there, everything from the service berry to the huckleberry once provided bears with the nutrition they needed over the summer. I'm not sure what they've been doing over the last 100 years to stay alive without the berries, yeah. but apparently this is forefront in the issues. i well, so, what
4: they've been doing. They've been going to a bar in Colorado Springs <laughs> yeah. or Denver or somewhere. This bear come walking in the bar... Kind of looked around. Nobody waited on me left.
1: There yeah. you go. Well, what they've been doing to substitute having no berries, they've been eating people. Eating
5: elk. <laughs> <laughs> eating
4: elk and people
1: doesn't really
4: matter. And if you ask a bear what an elk tastes like, it's like berries. <laughs> it tastes like a berry. I like blueberries. hate well, strawberries in the morning. A
5: lot, of them, a lot of people like to hate on the elk because they crop the berry bushes and they, they consume, they say, entire plants, leaving little for the bears to feast on as they prepare to hibernate for the winter. But they say the wolf introduction is changing all that. The wolves are culling the elk herds, scaring them away from the habitat that includes the berry bushes, and this has become like a mecca for
4: grizzlies. Do you really believe that? That that, uh, the Uh, the wolves are scaring... The elk away just from the berry bushes. Yeah, they're just like guarding it. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. gonna make a perimeter. a perimeter around it yeah. and say, "Hey, these are these are for the bear. Yeah. You gotta go somewhere else." They've been watching. <laughs> the dumbest thing you've ever. They've heard? been watching Dora too much. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff happens on Dora in yeah, Diego.
1: They have, a, they have a map and a you bridge know, my, and a mountain. My oldest daughter Fiona. Yeah, where we went to the map and the yeah uh, um the, 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 the map the map. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, my daughter Fiona. She's five years old. She had a great idea. She thinks that. We have a problem with wolves and bears, so she says that we need to introduce even more wolves, so they'll eat the bears. And while they're eating the bears, we shoot the wolves. I think it's a great plan. That's thirty out six. Yes, it's going to work, all because of Fiona. Yeah. it's such a wonderful plan. But you know, I think there is some truth to. I mean, there was animals preying on elk before the reintroduction of wolves, but do you really think that they were like destroying so much that there was no berries there was nothing well, like you said for 100 years what did these bears do they cried they wept
5: yeah here's what they say they say elk are destructive vegetation without the proper predator controls because herds were responsible for the demise of young aspen and willow trees when wolves were removed from the Yellowstone in the early 1900s there you go <laughs> since the wolves were reintroduced in the 1990s these plants have begun to recover drastically impacting the Yellowstone ecosystem.
4: Now, was that before the fire that happened in Yellowstone National Park? Because, you know, the problem is that Yellowstone National Park has been a a national park for a hundred years. Right. So that uh, forest has allowed to mature... Stopping the undergrowth of the aspens and so forth. What we need to do is go in and just clear cut Yellowstone National Park. We need to shoot all the animals,
1: burn it down. (laughs) Let's restart. Let's just put wolves, (laughs) nothing else.
4: Make sure they protect the berries. You know what's going to happen then? Dinosaurs are going to appear. That's the truth. Yeah, you'll you'll go there one day and, and Old Faithful will go off and it'll be a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's what it is. Okay, That, that is a fire-breathing dragon <laughs> that's down there. Let's get back on track
5: for <laughs> a second. I thought we were. <laughs> the problem with studies like these is that they don't really paint the whole picture of the wow. relationship between the it's wolves, one side. It is biased. the elks, the grizzly. You know, it's, it's the poor grizzly bear. I, I mean, the poor grizzly bear. But they don't say here that, um, that they rely on elk as one of their main food sources. They're not living off of berries alone. You can't tell me that they're going to hibernate off of three blueberries they picked off a bush. No, they're going to go down and they're going to take out a few elk. You know, I mean, elk is a main food source, so you can't poo-poo the elk in the large game for decimating um, whole entire plants that the grizzly bears can no longer feed on. It just gives us a little bit of a glimpse into the relationship between predators, prey, and habitat and how that kind of has to work harmoniously. Okay, 19-
4: 1910, the elk ate all of the blueberry bushes in Yellowstone National Park. Was it really 1910? 90, I don't know. Not <laughs> early 1900s. Not early 1900s. Yeah. And so from then on, the bear that are here today didn't even know there was berries. Right. No. They don't even know what a berry is. they deprived of something they didn't even know they had. Exactly. Well, this sounds like a lot of other things in our life.
1: (laughs) There's a lot of issues here. There's a lot of issues. I'm angry with my dad now. (laughs) (laughs) I can't sleep at night. (laughs) You know, the thing is, you got to look at the weather patterns. Harsh winters that it's been taking its toll, plus the severe droughts that we've been in. There's a lot of things that are causing this, not just... Mass amount of elk Al Gore was right That's been the hardest The most inconvenient truth for me Is that Al Gore is right about everything Uh, Coming up after the break We're going to have invented the internet Yes, we're going to have Ron Osheim on He's from Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks He's going to give us a straight scoop Yeah, he's going to really tell us the truth He's going to set us straight Anyways, uh, we want to say thank you to Mrs. Bunny Bunny Hey, good to be here We love having you on Yeah Uh, Once again though, Ron Osheim He's coming up next uh, Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks Stick around. We are talking about wolves on today's show. We want to say a special thank you to Ram Trucks, RamTrucks.com, and Ruger at Ruger.com, and Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution. Listen to some podcasts. Also, high-mount seasonings, H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com. Here's a real quick word from Mark. We'll see you after the break.
3: Ram Trucks on Wolves. Things aren't adding up. Calculating the impact of wolves on big game herds is complicated as biologists try to sort associated impacts such as weather, poaching, and other predators. For example, cougars emerged as the top cause of death in white-tailed deer, radio-collared in 2012, the first year of a major northeastern Washington deer study. Second on the killer list was loose-running domestic dogs. So, if you haven't already heard, all of our shows are archived at OutdoorChannel.com forward Slash revolution. Pretty cool, huh? Well, the boys and their wolf discussion will return in just a minute. hear that? That's the sound of your next African safari with Kalobi Safaris. Experience Africa's sights and sounds mingled with true adventure of a big game hunt for the dangerous five or any number of plains game animals. If you've ever dreamed about Africa, then you need to book your trip of a lifetime with Daniel and Doria Dutoy, the purveyors of Kolobi Safaris. Hi, I'm Jim Ferguson. I did, and you should too. Look them up on the web at www. K O L O B E S A F A R I S dot C O dot C A or call them at zero one one eight three two eight zero seven six four three. You familiar with the term dumber than a bag of hammers? You were listening to the revolution with Jim and Trap. Without further ado, here are the boys.
4: If you're just joining us, you just missed all Miss Bunny. And, uh, boy, she had a lot to say about Wolf. I miss her every time her segment ends. <laughs> yes, that
1: woman <laughs> is amazing, but you know what? She's not awesome. <laughs> I love that. It's awesome. Ron Ossime, he's an agency spokesman uh, for the Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Ron, how's it going, buddy? Doing well, thanks. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing pretty good. You know why other states, or while other states, are cutting back on their bag limits on wolves? You it guys seems are like doubling down. Montana, you guys are in like the express lane. What what you've actually increased the bag limit from one to five per person and extended the state's next hunting season? Uh, what is it, like almost six months? Months with a rifle. Is that correct?
7: Well, yeah, a couple of things, Jim or Travis, whoever that was. We started out very <laughs> conservatively in Montana. Yeah. At a low quota, and wolves have just really done very well. So, yeah, we've increased the bag limit from one to five. Yeah. We've uh, extended the season. It runs from early September to the middle of March now.
1: Yeah, I see that. Wow. September 15th through March 15th, and then the trapping season uh, goes from December 15th through February 28th in the archery season. Uh, we'll be from September seventh through September fourteenth. That would be an interesting hunt, taking a wolf, uh, with a bow. Be kind of cool.
7: Yeah, we've only had a couple people do that, and <laughs> most of that's incidental. They're archery hunting for elk or deer, and they happen to get to, uh, a wolf comes within range. So, not many people are realistically going to take a wolf with with the bow and arrow. They,
4: they're actually uh quite prolific, aren't they?
7: Oh, they're very prolific. You know, the, it's interesting in this part of the country. The recovery goal was. 300 wolves and 30 breeding pairs that would have been in montana idaho and wyoming so 30 and 300 we're now at 625 and 47 minimum in montana alone so you know what we really respect the fact that some people don't like the idea that we're taking wolves and that we're being pretty aggressive but the fact is we're about three times the recovery goal in montana alone and they're doing well and that's because people if we made the conscious decision we were going to welcome wolves back, but then we're going to manage them like we do other wildlife.
4: Yeah. Now, has anybody actually uh, done a study on how many uh, deer, elk, or mice that uh, these, uh, these wolves take on a weekly or monthly or annual basis?
7: Well, yeah, there are lots of estimates, and I think the best one I've seen is that 100 wolves will take about 1,000 elk in a year. Oh, my
4: goodness. And you have 600? Yeah, but
7: they eat more than elk. They
4: eat small children.
1: <laughs> no, that's not Zero true. Cats.
7: We had, you know, we've had some interesting things. In one three night period in southwestern Montana, we had 122 sheep killed by three wolves. Oh, three mean, wolves! Goodness, really? Yeah. And that's real. That's an anomaly. And yeah. They don't typically just kill to be killing. We don't think, but you know, that's the kind of thing you're dealing with. And then you get certainly the landowner or the the livestock producer is wondering what the heck we're going to do. And we're saying, well, we're trying, but you don't just go out and eliminate them either. So well, we've got a bunch of wolves collared, so we track them. Um, we've got a lot of people that help us. We've got five wolf specialists. That's all they do in this state now. So really? We're spending a lot of money and a lot of time managing wolves.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: Now, in the long run, is it worth it in your point of view?
7: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. people think that we're the grim reapers out here, but yeah, we made... Conscious decisions in Montana that we were gonna make way with for wolves. And we had a wolf council, and advisory council. We've made we've had landowners, we've had others make conscious decisions, sacrifices, compromise, and we have made the commitment we're gonna have a recovered population, but they're not gonna rule the state. We're gonna manage them as we do other wildlife, and that's where the rubber meets the road. We've got we had twenty five thousand comments on our last wolf setting, our wolf season
1: oh, setting. Goodness really.
7: Yeah most of them were from out of state or even out
1: of country. Yeah, very verbose. <laughs> Definitely. That <laughs> yeah, is now, there's if, interest. If, if we want to find out more about you guys and what is happening, I, I I find it very tremendous. Where can we find you guys online?
7: Just go to fwp swp.mt.gov. mt.gov. swp.mt.gov and got a good website, pretty easy to navigate. Just go to wildlife and it'll get you to wolves and our annual report, which talks about how many wolves were taken, everything from their color to their weight, all amazing that sort of thing.
4: Yeah. Now, uh, we know that uh, from time to time there have been uh, human mountain lion encounters, the human bear encounters. Uh Do you have many human wolf encounters?
7: We've not had any fatalities, and we have some hunters that'll tell us that uh, when they've killed a, a wolf, the others don't go very far. they'll They'll stay kind of close, and we've had individuals tell us Late at night, they may be taking an elk, and there have been some wolves around. But no, we haven't had encounters.
1: Yeah, one time I was out and I heard a wolf, and I went over this little draw, and it was actually Michael J. Fox practicing for (laughs) Teen Wolf. (laughs) That—that's actually not true. That was, you know, that was bad. That was a really bad joke. I have to say that totally bombed. Um, But you know, I think if more states were managing their wolf populations like like Montana, exactly, you guys are setting such a great example. I don't think we would have such this outcry and and people so upset. Now, on on one side of the aisle, of course, you're always going to have them. You know, they don't even want them touched. But I think if more people would manage them, like you said before, like you do all species of game, I don't really think there would be that big of a deal. Do you?
7: I think you're right. Although we have found out and we've had bison here in Montana that have just generated huge interest and controversy. And really, you're never. Oh boy, tell me, yeah, unbelievable. But I think what we what we try to do is respect the fact that there are all kinds of opinions. But on the other hand, we have made the decision we're going to have wolves. But for people to expect that they're going to be the species that you just manage for, uh, at the stake of others, or you know, to the detriment of others, that's just not right. And so, what do you do to the people that say we'd rather have elk than wolves? Well, you tell them, okay, we got people that rather have wolves too. So. And we you know, we get into that. We get into people that are upset that we take wolves around Yellowstone Park that yeah. have been observed in the park. Well, you know what, they didn't introduce wolves in Yellowstone necessarily for tourists. They they introduced them for a number of reasons. One reason was to repopulate Montana, Idaho and Wyoming, and they've done that. So we've gotta manage wolves in Montana in the best way we see. And hopefully in you know, in concert with the park. But that gets a little dicey too. Yeah. But.
4: Hey, we've been talking with Ron Osheim, and of course he is the spokesperson for the Montana Fish Wildlife and Parks.
1: I think they're doing such a great job. One more time, Mr. Ron, uh, to find you guys online. Where do we have to go to? fwp.mt.gov alright that's where you gotta go also you can check us out outdoorchannel.com forward slash revolutions you can hear us there um, also ram trucks ram trucks.com and ruger at ruger.com and high Mountain seasonings at HImtnJerky.com. jerky.com mr ron Asim, dude thank you so much for coming on and, and the tremendous work you guys are doing there uh, thank you so much Thank you. Appreciate the
7: chance. Take care. You guys. Also,
4: hey, coming up next, we got the clothes. Got the clothes. Stick around.
3: Ram trucks on wolves. Stop the insanity. Defenders of Wildlife instituted a program in Montana and Idaho that paid $5,000 to ranchers to protect wolf dens on the rancher's land, and other conservation groups offer compensation to ranchers for livestock and pet deaths. However, expenses add up, especially when government officials are needed to police wolf-prone areas and determine the cause of livestock deaths, which raises a hypothetical point. How much money is needed to alleviate the stress on a rural family when they're pet dog is killed by a gray wolf how far can money go other measures taken by the federal government include fencing reintroduction areas and the killing of wolves that step out of bounds of their control area so tell us your thoughts on the reintroduction of wolves and you can do it by sending us an email at radio at outdoor introducing
6: the
0: incredible the revolution things got a little weird with jim and trav Hey, we're back. See, I told you, this is the close. This is the
4: close. Yeah. Hey, we want to give a special thanks to all of our 420 affiliate stations or advertisers and everyone that makes the show possible. Like Miss Bunny, Fun Joe, our producer, Mark Canary, Frank the Sound Guy, David Allen, Mark Johnson, and... Ron awesome! I want to thank you too, Jim. (laughs) Well, you're very welcome.
1: Alright, stick around. Your local news weather, it is coming up next. God bless you, boys and girls. Get outside. Don't get sunburned or dehydrated. Uh, Take some kids with you. Go fishing. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Peace out.